0: Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before.
1: Oh, ships don't have curtains. It would be mm. weird.
2: That would be. Yeah.
0: That would be quaint. Do any of the Yeah, I guess they don't yeah, have they any could curtains. On the inside. To, uh, yeah. It's all just Some of them. It's all just open windows. I guess they probably have like a dimming technology that they Yeah, the use.
2: tinting the windows. Yeah. Oh, classy. Tint your starship. Mm-hmm.
1: Dang. I guess you don't need curtains then. <laughs> right. Keep it clean, keep it classy.
0: Well, especially when you have like a candlelight dinner with about 18 different glasses for all of your liquids <laughs> like w- what was all of that silverware in that dating scene
2: well i mean they kind of went into it with the betazoid uh like wedding we've seen in the past where that's there was a good a bunch point. of right
1: i noticed about... the forks were very particularly tiny at the end and ornate on, right. on the handle
2: Right, because then we find out, well, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we find out that they might share a heritage. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) That's right, it's the price. Uh Um, Like, again, let's talk about the description of this because the description that I I keep reading really doesn't Mm. do it justice. I mean, I suppose, Mm -mm. based on what it's really about. The description in Memory Alpha says, the Enterprise hosts negotiations for possession of the only known stable wormhole. But like, it's really more about this uh, hired gun of a bag slash suave man, right? Like it's, it's, it's all about his influence. And the B plot is pretty much all the negotiations. Right.
1: True. But you know, to some people like the Geordies among us, (laughs) what is evident from the very beginning and even in that description is that there are no stable wormholes. (laughs) Right. Why would you think this one would be any different? Because they're throwing some party to sell it well
0: so it's like nah. a is it an old faithful of wormholes until in in terms of like one side opens up reliably every 200 minutes or whatever it is
2: that's what 233 we, seconds yeah that's what we know we uh, as far as we know with the probe that this species has sent out uh it's a, a reliable wormhole that both sides open and close at a, a reliable interval But we find out that they didn't really have the capability to test that all the way and that one side may have been stable, the other not so much.
1: Instable for now. I mean, who can trust it? How come Mm -hmm. they hadn't found it before? Was it always there? Probably not. (laughs)
2: Space is pretty big.
0: I mean, they don't go into the over-explanation like there's just that one line that the woman with the mouth guard has, which is pretty much the only stable wormhole in existence. Sorry, I should say her name. She's the premier uh, Bavani, right? Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. So, so like, I mean, this is this is preempted by Troy having just a rough day at the office and going home <laughs> and listening to her message like that's such a 80s 90s thing of like check my Mm -hmm. messages i loved that parallel for a second i didn't realize it too i was like oh this is what you would see on sitcoms at that time she's like trying to take her heels off but in her case it's that tight jumpsuit and like yeah she's got three (laughs) messages from her mom i feel like this is
2: we have this and a, a brief scene with picard too where we sort of see them get out of the officer facade of just like a take a breath of like huh or like yeesh, you know, or whatever, and we see this crack in that Starfleet veneer that the counselor and the captain have to have, and stuff like that. So I think it was cool that they showed that side of the characters.
1: Yeah, and the the classic, come on, you know you want a party, just come out, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From
2: the card, put on any yeah. old thing,
0: the, you know, every <laughs> uniform He's not you always taking
2: wear. Any hints? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I have one uniform, and it's very tight.
0: I know, like, but it's not like Picard's wearing anything different. He's like, this is uniform, my Tuesday uniform. Like, it's the same thing. Right, right.
1: <laughs> Luxana must be very lonely.
2: That's true. Three messages. Yeah. Just, poor she's just Luxana. got a lot of things to say, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> I hear that. Also, is this the beginning of a new obsession
2: with chocolate for yep, Troy? Yep, I was going to say, this is a new character bit that we've just come across, and it's going to stick.
0: It only really lasted for the beginning of the episode, right? They don't even call back to it later on, do they?
2: Yeah, but we'll see it later.
0: I thought I thought the first date when she ordered champagne, she's going to be like, one chocolate sundae. I was like, not now, Troy! <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, computer, I need real chocolate! Yeah. None of your healthy agave bullshit
0: specify cacao level like <laughs> right. what did the computer wanted to do and also it shut her down it's like no nutritionally you're not supposed to like wait a minute but think, it, what, did it have an override or something like that it said
2: yeah and she, it seemed like she was just talking to talk yeah. you know she wasn't expecting anything ironically she's talking
0: to her mom right it's major Barrett <laughs>
2: That's so true.
1: Oh, wow. Well. Oh, yeah. wow. Is this why they seem to be young forever because they are not allowed to have chocolate? Because then, <laughs> do we even really want to live in that world? Is it worth living?
2: Well, I thought it was going more towards mm. it's not like she was going towards her recommended calorie amount. It was more like she wanted the actual ice cream, not a replicated thing that the computer could make. So she was making an impossible request of the computer. Like, I don't want you to replicate some ice cream. I want the real thing. The computer's like, uh, do you want me to like override something? And she's like, no. Replicate a stone make
0: it super cold and then slap the ice cream for like a
2: half hour. (laughs) And then sing when I tip you.
1: I thought that they're really serving. When you ask for an ice cream sundae, it's giving you like oat ice cream and like cacao nibs. (laughs) You know? Uh, like that's what I thought Yips. is that they're replacing what you're asking with the healthier version, uh, unless you override because no, sugar is poison.
2: That's true, but no, there's this like overall thing of replicated food has a taste, or you can tell when something's replicated, much like you can tell when it's a microwaved meal or something like that. Mm, I think that's what they were. That's going a good for. comparison.
1: Mm, yeah, well, I was gonna say stavia.
2: Like it's still <laughs> a steak, but it's like. Yeah, you could tell that it's been through the microwave. It was microwave
1: the steak. What is wrong
2: with you?
0: Spelled S T A E K. Who microwave steak?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So
0: we we get over our chocolate. Well, actually, we don't even get to have our Sunday because we're called to this party uh, in ten forward, and we lock eyes irresistibly with this stunning blue eyes, stunning blue eyes with this charming smiley guy who we can already tell is like. All right, this Wait, is this is unsmiling, weird. Unsmiling,
1: completely unsmiling. Yeah. This man has no feelings. I see no he has emotion.
0: Like a, <laughs> I don't know. He's <laughs> smoldering. Yeah, smoldering. Yeah, I should say he's smiling with his eyes. You're right. He did, he did actually have more of a straight face demeanor. That's a good point, Becca.
1: I gotta tell you, it didn't work on me. No. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I am an easy target.
2: <laughs> same. And it was not. I was like, Ooh. So it's it was. So red flags. Yeah, all over I'm the sorry, place.
1: Mr. Young Republican, but <laughs> yeah. I do have
0: yeah. it. <laughs> I, I was like, so I think they're intending to make this a little too forward, right? I, I, I she already with how she's reacting in the first act too, like where she barely says any words to him. It feels like she's kind of being compelled in some way. He's very Dracula in how he approaches her, right?
1: Right. Especially while he's on his way to CPAC, you know, he just made this up.
2: <laughs> no, and I, I honestly forgot what was going on with this episode, and I thought it was some sort of weird mind control thing. Me too. And I was like, this seems, ugh. but I, I wrote the note, yuck, because it, it just was, like there were boundaries that I guess you could explain a way of like, oh well, they were feeling each other, and so they telepathically were communicating, and I was like, they could have shown us that because it was a lot of yeah. Forward momentum <laughs> from one party. That's a great way of
1: <laughs> Oh yeah. Are we moving on to when he visits her office? I, I kind of was like, what's their history? They must know each other, right? right? Because I he the immediately same he pulls out her headband and like removes her clip yeah. and says, "Be more natural. You can't be work vibe all the time." And it's like, excuse Don't me, touch dude. Me. <laughs> consent. Whoa. Yeah. whoa with your touch yeah. and she she stops him too it was like, so
2: uncomfortable it was but then part of me was like justifying it I was like she is strong enough that she would stop it if she didn't want this to continue but it's it was
0: i just was so weird. i mean i was definitely disturbed by his moves but like i was also concerned like why is she not saying anything like she, like yeah. the way they wrote her to just be so struck by him was the more confusing thing for me it felt like she kind of had her power taken right. away cuz she was so smitten but like he wasn't even yeah. like Charming he was just he knew her emotions like that's it you like his eyes and so yeah I know
1: I know you're into it therefore I could just skip any sort of seduction whatsoever Yeah. I mean I know this is supposed to be a seduction scene I I think it just is it was all stage direction and I thought it was played
0: it felt Horribly. like it was the first take, too, because, like, the hair did not work mm. at all. He, like, took her band mm. off, and it was, like, a tangle. He's like, okay.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> it, 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 I've encountered this before. If you watch media from, like, the 80s, 90s, this idea of machismo, it, it was like like the, this man has to take control, and that's sexy and desirable. And it was never – like something that I saw as like a desirable thing. And I think that's being a little bit reflected here in this character of like, oh, this is what women want. They want the man to take control and and do this sort of thing. And it's like, no.
1: Agreed. Uh, Also, I have to tell you guys the time code. It's 948 because it's so funny. He takes out the headband, headband, (laughs) runs his fingers through her hair and then like, Gets it, <laughs> confronts this wall of hairspray that yeah. has it stuck in place yeah. and sort of like his fingers get stuck and he just backs yeah. out and then there's just a tangle. She's got yeah. a thick head
0: of hair. That was a brave maneuver for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. And also they spray it down it's because styled. that's how you get yeah. flyaways Absolutely. to sit Absolutely. still.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, the whole thing. Like I remember this. Do you remember this episode from as being a kid, Xander? Because I no. do. I remember this being like the one of the ones where I was like, there's a lot of like skin in this episode as a kid. Mm, and like right. I remember it I guess being women
1: want me to walk up to them and kiss them without asking and pull their hair. I didn't Here take any go. lessons Lesson like learned.
0: that. No. And I also don't remember <laughs> it being this way. Like I remember it being much more uh I mean I guess they have a mutual attraction, but like I remember it being much more like uh equal in terms of their pursuit of each other, but that was not the case.
2: Right. And no. uh, like I I had a split second answer there of no, I didn't remember that. But I will say there is one scene that I do remember and had, has become famous, and it's that workout scene yeah, between the Crusher and Troy. The aerobics so scene. So
1: out of place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, that, become, that is lodged in my head, and it's different than, I'm sure, a lot of young boys. But for, I was like, look at those costumes. That's so cool
1: oh my god we should totally yeah you would look great in that costume by the way it's a sparkly leotard leotard, the very 80s thing of um you wear a thong over leggings so that it's like
2: it's It's great it's
1: revealing and not revealing at the same time
2: in the worst ways it creates folds it's awesome yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm gonna start rocking it Well yeah. let's just go through these next scenes A little bit because before that that scene Comes after there's like this foot fetish Oh my god thing. yuck it starts With just rubbing oil this, on Troy's Foot for a really long time and
2: this it's is like, like a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> Fetish shot like It, was, it was, was also the way
0: we jumped From a, a negotiation in The the council room or whatever That's called the observation lounge Suddenly yeah, to a lounge. shot of Troy's Foot like the execution of the <laughs> Yeah. These, a long of these shot scenes. yeah a long shot that's a good point and being rubbed by hands well, that are oiled right like yeah the execution of this uh, the difference between these two things is what also really stymies it right like they don't ease mm. us into it at all he's just like you said oh. a lot of forward momentum like
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and we find out he is one quarter betazoid he had a right. half betazoid mother as Troy is and um, he talks about how he—he's actually shows vulnerability, which made me a little less off-put by the whole character in general. In this scene, where uh, she's in her peasant gown and she's mm-hmm. let her hair down and. Uh- really nitpicky note but like she's got way too much eye makeup on one eye compared to the other and it really bothered me throughout the whole scene um but he says that their their betazoid ability to read emotions can isolate them and that's why he tucked his heart away at, especially at the negotiating table
2: <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think this is where we get to the actual interesting moral choice of the episode of you, does using these Betazoid abil- abilities to benefit a party. Is that a moral gray area or is it to benefit yourself or who you're working with or yeah.
0: When when they started like when he made that debate at the – when he made that point to Troy on the bridge at the end of it, I was like we've talked about this on Taboti Watch of like yeah. oh yeah, what is the etiquette for her in terms of like – uh, revealing. revealing that um, Yeah Disclosing is the word I was looking for, disclosing. That, right, right? right, right, And this was like, I'm glad they kind of brought it up. Like, on paper, I could see this being a really good episode, like, script-wise. I just right. feel like the execution of so many very important things, namely the seduction. <laughs> and, like, yeah. the, it felt like a, a 90s Missed. TV show between, like, the – the, um, like, well, of course it's a 90s TV show. It felt like an episode of, like, Melrose Place, like, just a few years too early, right? Of, like, the aerobic scene and the listening to the messages mm-hmm. and, like, the repeated dates and, like, the escalation of the sex and stuff like that. It's just like, it's someone came from that writing room and came into here for a season... <laughs>
1: I checked out Memory Alpha and there was I, I believe a producer who said exactly that this is one of the best scripts on paper and execution it was oh, really? poorly done. Yeah, yeah. Uh.
0: like I said like I I think the moral of this and like all of the cool the wormhole stuff for negotiations is actually pretty intriguing. Like I liked a little yeah. a lot of the play of that.
2: And to create a resource in space and have these negotiations like frontier negotiations yeah. is and really cool.
1: It was the scriptwriter Michael Pillar that okay. said
2: that, and Melinda Snodgrass, I think, did this. Did script, she? Or she was one of the.
0: I writers. was wondering if this was a uh, whose perspective the writing came from on this episode.
1: It was a woman, but her name is Hannah. Louise. Hannah oh. something. Um, she has uh, Hannah Louise Shearer, and it's directed by Robert Shearer. Different spelling.
0: Oh, okay. No <laughs> relation. No, they're married. Just different spelling. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did say uh, it a little, I should I should give give his quote here. One of the best scripts we had. I think if you listen to that show and don't watch it, you can certainly have fun with it. I really thought it was a disappointing sure. episode. It just didn't make it. It was not a great show. As far as servicing the character Troy, it was a quite wonderful vehicle, and she was marvelous. You know, sh- <laughs> this is another example of, like, Sirtis having to, like, do a, a good job with some crazy lines during their kiss. Yeah. I think she had to say something like apprehension can be fun. Anticipation. Anticipation. Fun. Anticipation can anticipation. be fun. Anticipation. Yeah, and then kiss him again. Mm. I was like, "That's that's the line they gave her." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
1: it. There you go, man. Um, yeah, and then and then the girl talk. Can we? Yeah, it, it was interesting to see them establish a a gal-pal relationship between Crusher and Troy because we haven't seen their relationship like that before. We only see them when there's someone in the medical bay, mostly. Um, Sometimes they sit next to each other in the bridge. But it, it was cute to see that they have this, but also I have a big beef with the fact that they already knew the choreography of their workout class. Who is leading? Is there not a video standard. instructor? That's like, is this,
2: one you get of them that at not... the academy. This right? is the warmup. Yeah, this is warm-up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man! Yeah. I still was. I was miffed that it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I know. I literally about this, wrote this man The whole, same thing. Exactly. That's so funny. Exactly.
1: They yeah. only talk about men. And um, Crusher tells a story about how before she met Jack Crusher. She had a week-long whirlwind romance, and she says, go for it, girl. Who cares where it ends up? Get
2: you some. This perspective, I think, really shifts where the earlier scenes were happening, like the perspective of it, because now it's not Troy is being taken advantage of. Troy is sort of taking advantage of the situation. You know, it's this uh, the life of living on a starship and welcoming diplomats, and she's just like, you can have a fling. People come and go. That's fine.
0: Yeah, like we, like you said earlier, Xander, it was kind of nice to see them drop the facade of their duty and remember that it's a job, like, we don't see that a yeah. lot in this show too much, uh, of, like, we do see the personal lives of them occasionally, like, with Jordy having, like, a date and stuff like that, but, like, uh, we don't really see them, <laughs> yeah, uh, not a great example, uh, but we do see, yeah. we don't get to see them kind of have to ride the line of that, that was kind of a refreshing take. Yeah.
1: Yeah, normally it's all duty all the time, all my purpose on the starship, which makes sense. I mean, it's a very militaristic operation. But I think this season in particular, they've started to really explore the personal lives of these characters.
2: Yeah, then that's the flexibility of something like Star Trek, because we can have a Melrose Place episode <laughs> alongside a horror episode yeah. alongside you know intense sci-fi, mm-hmm. and it all works on the starship, and it's fun to explore the different mm-hmm. genres.
0: Just to keep up with our Bechtel test conversation, I remember when we first started this podcast, we talked about how someone charted mm-hmm. all of the TNG episodes and whether they passed or not. Right. Turns out this one actually does. Oh, I was good. surprised.
2: Um, Is it because she talks to the computer? <laughs> that would be so lame if they gave uh, it, it be a so because she talked to the
0: female voice computer. Uh, no, uh, it's because Troy briefly chats with Bavani at the reception about the wormhole discovery. So hmm. maybe three lines total or something. I don't know. I don't okay. remember. Well, we made it. You <laughs> did it. You did it, ladies. <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah. let's talk more about the wormhole.
0: Yeah, the, I like before this we aspect get to the big fight. Yeah, but what a what a fun B plot actually, or I guess I don't know, maybe A. Uh, it was they're 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 wonderfully tied together. They've done that uh, again this episode. Uh, yeah, I liked I liked the whole premise of the Ferengi just stepping in, too. That was a fun little adversary. Yeah,
2: we got to explore a little bit more about what the Ferengi are like to other relationships. That's not just the Federation. Because we know they hate the Federation and we hate them. But what are they like to these other members of the universe, you know? Still entirely hateable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the absolute worst.
1: Well, I don't think we've recapped in detail that uh maybe we did that the Barzan discovered the wormhole near their planet mm-hmm. in their area but they're like we don't even have the resources for this i mean we're spacefaring but but we can't really like mine it we can't even you know uh like have a toll bridge to this wormhole or whatever <laughs> right. uh administratively so we're just gonna yeah. auction it off impress us and right. that's um and then they they cleverly, so, um, Bavani of the Barzan people, the premiere, has this like uh, atmosphere Mm -hmm. maker, um, these two little uh, dual gaming microphones. (laughs) (laughs) It's reminiscent of the guy who has a similar thing coming from his chest. It's a uh, better execution
2: of it than. Benzite, yeah. Benzite. That's what yeah. those Benzite
1: are our Benzite yeah. friend from Wesley Starfleet Academy entrance yeah. exam. <laughs>
2: exactly. And it goes to show that uh, she even says like our planet doesn't have an atmosphere that could accommodate this. So thank you for having us on the Enterprise, which is a neutral ground for everybody.
1: Right, which is why uh, later Picard has to remain semi neutral and not represent the Federation when some misfortune befalls the Federation emissary. <laughs> da,
0: da, da. <laughs> and they never so they he, never resolved that, did they? No, Poor they Mendoza. Didn't. He just went to the. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Crusher says he's out for three days, so I don't know. Figure it out. When he
0: stumbled into the sick bay and he was like, ugh, doctor, I'm she's feeling like. like, how you doing, Mendoza? Like, she didn't rush over there at all. She's like, yeah. what's going on? He's like, I'm about to fall. Catch me. And like, nothing. She, <laughs> she was just, right yeah. in the
1: middle of Candy Crush on her iPad. <laughs> yeah,
0: <appointment>. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you good for a second? Get over. You you come. Oh,
2: Jesus. I'm going to lose. Troy sent me over the dick pics, and I'm just reviewing them. <laughs> 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 We're going to have aerobics later and talk all about it. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> my God. Um, no, but that, yeah, it was. then the rest of the time was not about how, a great, how great a negotiator Mendoza was, but Riker takes his place, and he's good at this. Have we mentioned that Riker <laughs> is very good at this? I think we should say Riker is a natural at this.
1: Has he ever played poker before?
2: <laughs> What's that? That
0: was at least a good answer. Oh, my answer. God. Good poker Instead face. Instead of saying yeah. he's a world champion, which they still did say that or whatever. Uh, he, no, he, right. he teaches a master class in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. did like the answer of what is that. That's at least... They tried.
1: (laughs) So there's only, I'm surprised that, I mean, this is a casting and budget limitation thing, but there's only a few parties interested in buying the wormhole. Mm -hmm. We have the Federation, which probably encompasses many, many... Civilizations, right. but um, there's also the Caledonia representative mm-hmm. and the Chrysalian representative, who's who's Troy's Bay, Miss and then Blue there's Blue Eyes White Dragon, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Devin Roni, is that what his name? Devinoni, Rawl. R- Devinoni Rawl, yeah.
1: Devinoni Rawl. I'm just calling him Rawl from now on. Um, and then and then that's when the Ferengi beam aboard, and they're uh, probably my favorite line so far from the whole series. Is uh, when he wants a chair um, Damien Goss Really wants a chair Makes a big deal of it Are you gonna get me a chair Is your Klingon gonna get me a chair Mm. Then who's gonna (laughs) get me a chair (laughs) (laughs) He gets Picard's chair
2: Mm, Yeah, (laughs) Picard handled that well. In a true diplomatic gesture. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then we see that
2: break of Picard when he exits the room of just like, oh, there's a few
0: times we have very givable moments of Picard. Also, when they're like in his ready room trying to negotiate with him,
2: he's like, just we'll give you the data. Just calm down and stop (laughs) being a problem. (laughs) He's so (laughs) frustrated. Yeah, because speaking of which, we have our C plot of Jordy and Data. Getting stuck in a shuttle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was such it's a fun great. moment too when they went over to the other side and there's like this mystery of like, Well, maybe the probe is wrong. And David's like, Well, maybe the probe was right and the wormhole isn't stable. And uh I think that was that Boom. was the funniest reaction too, is these two Ferengi when they get left behind right. and the warp the, the wormhole follows and they're like <laughs> Yeah. The
2: script says my jaw now opens <laughs> This felt like a soap take, like where you're waiting at the end of a dramatic moment for the cut to commercials. And it just didn't cut. But that was well. I, no, I thought it was
0: better because it kind of like oh. made them like a, a joke, a punchline. They're like, yeah. they're fucked. <laughs> like,
2: you know. Yeah. Also, they, they everyone is very cavalier about that. They're like, oh, we're, they're lost and they're 80 years away at maximum warp. Oh, well. Even
1: Damien Goss didn't care about them. He was like, my men are willing to die. That's why I put them in this shuttle and I'm not worried about it. Whatever. We're we're just trying to get the most gold possible here.
2: Right. This shuttle, the original test was designed by Data and Jordy to test this wormhole to make sure it was what it says, what they said it was, a stable wormhole. I Turns feel very wasn't.
1: uncomfortable about Picard just sending two of our most important characters into a shuttle <laughs> where they could potentially have never come back.
2: Yep. You have
0: such, I mean, they are the characters that will go out and do the most adventurous stuff. So you're going to have to get used to this, Becca. I know you think they're yeah. the most two important characters, but they're also going to be on the most <laughs> adventures, like pretty often.
1: I disagree fundamentally. If Picard shouldn't be leaving, then neither should they. None of the only Riker, only Riker can have away missions.
2: <laughs> Riker Send was out busy. Some red shirts. Yeah, expendables. Riker, I bet Riker would have gone in that shuttle had he not <laughs> already been tapped to negotiate. If there isn't a potential
0: to meet a female life form on the planet, like why would he go though, right? Right.
1: I mean, I get why they need to put a main character in the plot of the episode, but strategically in <laughs> captaining this ship, What happens if your head of engineering never comes back? You need your heads of department to not go on on runs like same with the film said.
2: Becca, welcome to the Star Trek fandom. We're so glad to have you. And you're right. You are not wrong. Uh (laughs) we have refreshments, uh, (laughs) some pillows if you'd like. Buckle up. Yeah, the cookies (laughs) are
1: in the shape of outraged Frankie mouths. Yeah.
2: Well, also, like,
0: from from the story... Tasha Yar statues. From the story perspective, it's going to be more exciting if we see someone go out there who we're invested in, right? So we know that's going to be the case. You know, it's funny, in terms of, like, casting, Becca, you make an interesting point of, like, why why weren't there more people vying for the negotiations of the wormhole, right? But I kind of see why they did less people because it gives... Um, Ral An opportunity mm-hmm. To pick them off Right Boop boop
2: With some cool strategies
1: Yeah he's only got 40 minutes To get, get rid of Three of them yeah.
0: Right right It was actually Kind of a good example Of a A fairly well Um manipulated, like, intrigue campaign. Because, like, as, like, a DM, I always struggle to write those. And, like, I kind of rely on the players to kind of improvise a way to get through it. And and I always love their answers. But, like, I never can plan for these until people, like, execute it. And I thought they did a pretty good execution of this.
2: Yeah, it made him a little bit likable, which I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean... It just makes him uh, efficient at what he does, yeah. right? As, you got to see the benefit of him having his empathic yeah. abilities. Yeah. You're like, you know, at least in my mind, I'm like, okay, what benefit could that have? And you can see it in practice.
0: Yeah. I, I kept wanting to like him, but I'm like, he, no, he's kind of, he's too gross to be likable. Yeah. And like, yeah. I could tell they wanted me to like him for being like a scoundrel, but he's not Han Solo enough to be like. Because they've right? done
2: it correctly before, and this mm-hmm. wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say, so then, like... He gets rid of—well, uh, the Ferengi get rid of uh, Mendoza, so then Riker's in the picture. And then Raul gets rid of the other one uh, Caldonia, because he can sense that he has anxiety about, uh, what is it, administrative The tasks. logistical
0: requirements. Yeah.
1: They're just a science-faring civilization that just is in the pursuit of science, so they don't right. want to deal with letting people pass through this wormhole.
2: And so uh, Rawl uses his like like ace in the sleeve of being with Deanna Troy, thinking he had like one up on Riker. And I love that it totally does not work. And also Riker yeah. is totally like, I'll see you later for the throuple. Like we're having a threesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely. Riker, horny on me always. Um, yeah. So he has a conversation with Riker in 10 forward where he throws in his face that he's a second. He was like, oh, but then why are you the second if you're so good?
2: Mm, if I were Riker, I would have
1: said, I have been offered captain positions yeah. and I just like the enterprise,
2: dude. I love also- Picard. And <laughs> there's nothing you can say that would change that.
1: Yeah. Um, They both love Deanna, he points out. And then I love that Riker says, That's the first misstep I've seen you make. Yeah. Uh, The first bad play, because he knows she's never going to leave this starship for a dude. Yeah. Get out of here.
0: Yeah. That was the best part of this for me, of like, I want this to be more like. Female centric in terms of its perspective, right? And like, I was right. like ready for for Riker to be like fighting for her, but no, he like points out what an independent person she is, and she can do what she wants. and Like, it's not his. He did
1: not even point it right? out, but it's no, implicit. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. He, what do you mean?
1: It's implicit in his smugness R- Right. That's what I'm saying. He, he yeah. doesn't say. He doesn't yes. say Deanna's not going to run away with
0: you. Right. Right. He just
1: says. Bad move, dude. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah That's yeah.
0: a that. yeah, exactly. He doesn't need to state it, but he he reacts that way, right?
1: Yeah. You don't know my good friend Deanna. <laughs> he also says you don't have any values besides the values of today's bid, which was a harsh call out and he nailed it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it was Riker being a little clever. <laughs> like it was a good line, but
1: <laughs> but it's true. I mean yeah. and, and then let's go back to the the debate. That is the big fight between Rawl and Deanna where they realize it's not going to work or if it does, Deanna is just going to have to be his moral compass oh yeah he does call her out in a very good way as you mentioned she says isn't it uh, manipulative for you to not say that you are able to read their emotions and to use this against Mm -hmm. them in negotiations and he says what about with a oh what's our main adversary now with a romulan Mm -hmm. with a romulan ship and you know they're bluffing you tell your captain you don't disclose to the romulans that you have the upper hand in this way how is it any different
2: and she has an interesting argument of it's protection. We're in a threatening situation, and I use this as a form of protection. And he's like, well, who are you protecting? It's yourself and your interests. And he says those stakes of life are way higher than the stakes that he's playing with, which is property and values of, yeah. of physical things.
1: I thought he had a real zing there.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a, it is a Ooh.
0: valid conundrum, right? Like, they both have a fair point. And also, like, he's... It's a card that he's playing in his hand. It comes back to poker. You don't have to always reveal your hand, and nor should you in a lot of situations, right? So it's a matter yeah. of like what what job they're doing. I don't know. Like I, yeah, I think that's a
2: it's an unsolvable issue in some ways. Totally, and I like how they handled it in that trusting in honesty is the best way to go. And I think that the character choice for Deanna Troy to just come clean and uh, express everything was the the way, even though it was a betrayal in some sense to Rawl. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, but also the choice
1: for him to not react as it as if it were a betrayal and to say, I understand why you did that. Right. And I appreciate your, your loyalty to your ship and right. your captain.
2: There's this, it's what you hope for when you're dealing with two empathic characters of you can get past the superficial, I feel angry or I feel betrayed. And you can get to the next level of, okay, we feel those things and now we can have a discussion.
1: Very good point. Well, we should just recap for people the confrontation, right. which is the Ferengi being back to their ship, Damian Costas, and he's like, you know what, I don't trust you. Uh, <laughs> wh- wait, why doesn't he trust Picard? It, I forget, it, it, he, because well, their probes?
2: They, the and data can come back, but the Ferengi probe does not because they did not trust them to come back. So is that why I thought they kind of didn't before that say? Happened. Yeah, like that. Oh. Beck
0: right. That's before that. I think they don't really it was go into this it. Scene. yeah, they just kind of yeah. freak out because they think they're not going to oh, get the I bid, know. right?
1: Ral, it's because Ral lied to the Frangi and made this deal, and he lied right. and said, "Okay, you're going to pretend that you heard that the Federation already had a deal in place, and all of this negotiation was just a front. It's already been decided, and the Frangi are going to be pretend they're upset." And that's when Dana Troy senses. No um, uh, no real stakes for the Ferengi. Right. Which, Memory Alpha points out, this was a whoopsie because in Menage à Trois, uh, <laughs> she says the Ferengi brain cannot telepathically read <gasps> betazoids.
2: Or the other way around. Betazoids can't read Ferengi.
1: Yeah, the Ferengi brain cannot be telepathically read by right. betazoids. That's,
2: I do remember something like that. Oh, you're right. Yes. Maybe I, sure. not, I,
1: I didn't figure this out, Memory Alpha. Yeah, did.
2: I didn't notice yeah. that either. Good catch, Memory Alpha. Yeah. But you're yep. right, because the gotcha moment that Raul had was he was willing to commit to the deal before Geordi and Data got back from their expedition with the Data, and Riker wasn't willing to make that commitment.
0: Which really would have blown up in his face, because this whole thing <laughs> didn't work out. Yep. It's an unstable wormhole. So.
1: so Raul did win the negotiation, but mm-hmm. he won a whole bunch of nothing, and I think they still have to pay out. And he's just a representative yeah. of the Chrysalians. Yeah, yeah, The Chrysalians. lost, I mean, lost if I were early, the Chrysalians. Yeah. Yeah. I would just uh, not write that check,
2: <laughs> right? I don't know. It's a little awkward. But we see, we see this in practice, though. What he exactly what he was saying to Deanna? If something goes wrong for him. It's a deal and some resources. If something had gone wrong in Deanna's position lives were at stake they could have been blown he up he also talks you know? about
0: like his methodology with Riker in 10 Forward when he says you know Riker as a representative of the federation you need to take a step forward and try and like stick yourself out there and take that risk and Riker's like I'm not going to necessarily do that cuz I don't know what I'm risking and so like mm. this maverick's uh way of negotiating doesn't matter because He's not paying the check at the end of the day. He still gets a commission. So that's right. the bluff, at
2: right? all costs,
1: <laughs> if even poker. if you're not winning anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if the pot is empty. <laughs> uh, and I, I, so one more memory alpha tidbit since I actually read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jake. I know you're our memory no, alpha no, I, representative, I, but I don't need.
0: I don't need to hold that title. Please join me. <laughs> It's open to all.
1: Well, um, we never find out what the chrysalians look like because this is the only episode where they're mentioned. Right. But a deleted scene apparently oh. says that chrysalian women outnumber men four to one. So maybe hey. this shapes some aspect of of Raoul's personality. Hmm. Uh, interesting. <laughs> what a ladies' man.
2: I see. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Anyway, they uh, still uncomfortable with his seduction yeah.
0: tactics. Yeah, it's Not just great. it would the execution just doesn't work. And I think like even though the the script quote unquote is good, like a lot of the writing of the individual lines of their seduction still didn't quite work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah my note was interesting moral choices presented in a gross way yeah, yeah. I, like there were there were part there were executions that went well like they they had some
0: decent chemistry and also when during the dating scene when she ordered champagne and he without missing a beat said for two i was like okay all right yeah Got one there
1: it just really i didn't okay. like
2: how he would be like is that counselor troy or <laughs> yeah or it's kind of and i was like
1: Ugh. ooh, slap don't him. at me boy ah <sighs> Yeah, it just... um. So, is this host uh, Becca
0: Scott talking now, or is this... Shut up!
1: <laughs> it's the same person! <laughs> in the way Dan and Troy will constantly refer to ice cream, I'm going to keep talking about how I'm really obsessed with this show Outlander right now. <laughs> oh. And it's set in the 1700s, but the sexiest, one of the sexiest things about uh, about this very sexy show is that this Highlander from the 18th century always asks consent. Uh. He's like, I want to kiss you right now, can I... Oh, that's a smooth move. It's so hot. Yeah. It's so yeah. hot. But it, it really is a, a call out of how social norms have changed. Even in a historical show, mm. it's still abiding by our current cultural norms because that's what we find sexy, even though it's a historical anachronism probably. Mm-hmm. And um, not that the show does everything right. Uh, yeah. I, I assure Ugh. you it does not.
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> I can attest to that.
1: Yeah, especially in its relation with queerness. I have yeah. many complaints about this in various parts of the internet. <laughs> well, I've I've ranted about this on my stream several times about how yeah. conflicted I feel, but the the consent is sexy. Well, is yeah. the, like the thing that, Consent is sexy. The
0: interesting point that uh, Xander made earlier, too, was, like, about how Raul, you know, kisses or, like, touches... Actually, he never kissed her without her consent, but he definitely, like, touched her, like, w- without, like, her saying anything, right? And we... Mm-hmm. Lesson, like... How many scenes? Five minutes, nowadays, minutes after meeting, right? Yeah. yeah, but like, how many scenes nowadays? Like, still hold up to the whole—the man takes action and like grabs a woman, or like they, they're going to fall more and more as we get further from that time period when those things were made, right? Like they are less appealing because we, we see the chauvinism in them, right? Mm-hmm. But like that idea mm-hmm. of that uh, someone wants their lover to quote unquote take charge is really in the idea of like, you already trust that person. They're not a stranger right. to you. You've already established that relationship and that boundary that you can let them take charge in a physical uh, intimacy of some sort. Not that like that's how you start the engagement,
2: right? Right.
1: right. It's not your very first interaction, which maybe they're making the excuse because they're both partially benzoids. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Beta-zoid, Beta-zoid, yeah. yeah,
1: Betazoids Yeah, benzoids that they can can do this, but it still doesn't work for our sensibilities. Yeah.
2: there's a rationalization aspect of it that if you have to rationalize it, then it's probably not great behavior in the first place.
0: Well, now I just want to like go back and look at all the other classic scenes where the, the man swept the woman, uh, you know, off her feet, and like be like, oh man, does that work still? And I feel like they will work less and less as we go on. And that's yeah. the way it is. You I, know, that's that's how it should be.
1: I was going to point out what you just pointed out. And I like the words that you use where there is a trust and a bond and mm-hmm. an unspoken um, invitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what that tension is, what leads to a kiss that doesn't feel unspoken invasive. invitation right. feels
0: so uh, borderline, though. Right. Like, I feel like it's whether they're uh, uh, it's whether their relationship is established. I don't know. I don't know how to define it.
1: Well, and it's changing. Yeah. So that's that's why old movies sometimes don't hold up. But like at the same time, if it's clear and if it's not going to be misinterpreted after the fact or uh, both parties were not on the same page, then it's not a problem. But if there is that opportunity for misinterpretation, then it is a
0: problem. Also, if she's just not saying anything and staring off in the distance, maybe back off a little bit like... Yeah. Right? Just let her speak. Yeah, the
1: eye- lack of eye contact here <laughs> is telling.
0: What did what did Crusher say about it though? Like uh who needs rational when your toes curl? I was like, "Whoa! Yeah, that was a yeah. vivid response." <laughs> okay. It
2: was. But I mean, leave it to the doctor.
1: <laughs> it's physiological.
2: I did have, like, towards the end, like, he even comes up with, like, his big ultimate fantasy of, like, we could run away together and you can be my conscience. And she's like, I already have a job as a counselor. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You tell him. Like, who wants to be someone else's friend? like moral compass like no i'm a person you should be a person too (laughs) i i think that was a great (laughs) choice
0: by the writers to give her that like pushback too that was a great yeah last
1: line of the script because he just walks out after that right it was way better than like
0: her pining after him still being like well maybe someday it's like no
2: this doesn't work let's move on yeah Yeah. i like that choice Uh,
1: oh we're done here
2: yeah yeah I, at the end of the episode, i I had a reflection of like, well, at least it was a troy centric episode, which and I was like going back and I guess they all deal with someone in love or feelings in some way, but she is the ship's counselor. So I go back and forth of justifying it to like, okay, this main female character, all of her stuff is like she gets she has a baby. She has love problems with her mother or whatever. And it's always based on that, but her job is feelings and managing feelings, so I can kind of see it
1: yeah when's the next crusher centric episode right right
0: <laughs> I mean well you make a good point though uh, Xander because like I guess that last Geordi episode though it was very engineering based in terms of what he was doing was pretty romantic right I mean not the right. not the the one where he's stranded with the Romulan I mean the one before that
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah the one with the hologram right right <laughs> so like no they do kind of break
0: that mold I'd be interested to see I'm trying to think of any Troy episodes done it yet but we should wait and see if, there, if that ever does break the mold I recall her like wasn't there one where she was being pretty tortured like by the the voice of a of like one of the aliens down below and like Mm -hmm. she was kind of the b plot in that as i recall sure kevin kevin
2: (laughs) yeah it was kevin it was kevin yeah kevin
1: Kevin played the music in her head
2: yeah 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 well we have had her in distress and stuff like that too but you're you're right right. it wasn't really it's always like a love Mm -hmm. based thing
0: yeah
1: she's got a lot of heart
0: Ah. well, I'm ready to move on from this episode, The Price, and move on to next week's episode, The Vengeance Factor, where the Enterprise da, da, da. <laughs> where the Enterprise tries to negotiate an end to raids launched by a group called The Gatherers, but a murder threatens to prevent peace. A murder?
1: A the murder. Hunter thwarts The Gatherers. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, we got to go. Good job. Bye. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. We should.
2: I already have a job as counselor. Counselor. <laughs> <laughs>